This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 307. Every goal you desire is preceded by a process required to get the result. In other words, like if you want to lose weight, yeah, it's great to have a goal of losing weight, but what really gets you the weight loss is diet and exercise, right? If, if you want to buy real estate, there's a process involved. And the process that David and I talk a lot about is the... You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What is going on, everyone? My name is Brandon Turner, today's host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And I am super excited about the show, and I'm super excited about my co host in crime, David Green. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. This is a very good episode because we're not just interviewing somebody else about how they bought real estate. We are talking to people about how they can improve their own game to buy it for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So we're today we're looking at success in general on how people actually achieve a huge success. Like this has been an obsession of mine for the last few years. And I know David, you're as well. Like we've been obsessed with the ideas. Why do some people talk about doing big things? They talk about investing in real estate. They talk about losing weight or starting a business or whatever, right? Whatever their goal is. And then they don't actually accomplish it. And so like I, you and I have had countless discussions about this, uh, where we just like, why do so many people not take action and not do it? And it's not just desire. It's not just they don't have the, you know, whatever. There's a, there's a number of things. So we're going to go over that today. So this is a show that I've been looking forward to doing for several years. And we finally compiled all of the information, the data, the science, the research behind what makes people successful. And that's what we're covering uh, today. Yeah, I think that it's probably a bit of a surprise for a lot of people. But Brandon and I, when we get together, we very rarely actually talk about real estate. We talk about <laughs> what he just said. It's like success, yeah. what makes successful people successful, what holds us back from being successful, what our dreams are, where we want to go in life, and what's getting in the way of that. And because we have a solid friendship, we actually work with each other on areas that we think that the other person could improve. And we're actually very, very passionate about that. I mean, real estate is the way that we achieved our success, but we spend most of our time focusing on the 80% of the listeners who are just having a hard time getting over that hump. We want to go back to those people and help bring them up rather than just focus on the top 20% who are already doing great and it's easy. So this is where we spend all of our time like kind of masterminding and focusing on what are the things successful people do and how can people that are not successful copy it. And that's what today's show is going to be about. And I can guarantee you guys, you're going to have your minds blown because you probably haven't realized how much work Brandon and I have been putting into putting together the tools that you need to be <laughs> successful. Yeah, I think so. I think people are going to love this. So with that said, like, keep in mind, like, we're going to give a lot of examples of real estate investing today, but this does apply even if you have other goals in life that you want to accomplish. This is just, this is a goal setting, we'll call it a system or a success system that will take you from where you want, where you are right now to where you want to be. Mm. So before we get into that though, let's get to today's quick tip. tip. All right, today's quick tip is very short and simple, and I, I hope it's going to keep it short. Basically, today, one of the reasons we're doing today's show uh, here about setting big goals is because the new year is right around the corner, but also because we are launching today a new, it, it's like a success journal is what they're called, but ours is called the 90 Days of Intention Journal, and I kind of led the charge on putting this thing together. It's available today. It's super fancy. It's got like this leathery kind of cover, really beautiful design, and it's got like one goal in mind, to help 
you achieve your biggest goals. Like this is not a book in like the terms of like you're going to read, you know, like, like a bunch of like hundreds of thousands of words of information. This is a like a 90 day week by week, day by day guide that you're going to fill out every day. You're going to fill this thing out and it helps you actually achieve your biggest goals. It's kind of like, like here's the analogy to use an analogy like David Green likes to use. If you go to the gym, right? Like it's good advice to work out, right? We all know we should work out. We all know we should diet and exercise. This journal is like, it's, it's like, here's like a, a document that you can follow every day and enter in your calories and enter in your exercise and enter in your fitness goals. And then think about fitness this way, but don't think about it this way. And then in addition to that, it's like going to the gym with a group of friends every single week. That's kind of what this whole journal thing is. And I had some people asking, well, how is this different than a notebook? Just check it out. Biggerpockets.com slash journal. Uh, it, it is not a notebook. It is a uh, a system, a success-based plan that takes your biggest goals and boils them down into very actionable steps that you can work towards your goals every single day. So that was the not so quick tip, but check it out. Biggerpockets.com slash journal. And it's very important. We'll explain why later. It's very important that if you're going to get the journal, do it before the end of December, uh, December 30th, there's or December 31st. There's some cool bonus stuff you get before then. So there you go. That is our quick tip. Like that, David Green? Oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> All right. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash bppod. 
before we actually get into the GPS system, I want to I want to talk about the problem here. And David, you could jump in here as well. But I, I we see this problem. We've talked about it before. Like success really gets boiled down to like two things, right? Knowing what you want and then having the discipline to do it. And so people struggle with both those. They the problem is twofold. They haven't defined what they want. And even if they have, many people, including myself in a lot of areas, lack the discipline to get there. So David, question for you. Have you ever, and this is for everybody listening, have you ever started towards a goal, like something that you wanted, whether it was buying real estate deals or a new business venture or you know, like weight loss, or you wanted to get in shape or you wanted to run a marathon or anything at all. And then it fizzled out over time. Like it started with all this fanfare and you're all excited about it. And then over time, it, it wasn't like a sudden death. It just over time fizzled out. Has that happened to you? Probably 95% of the time. Okay, me too. Right. Like actually recently I was like, I'm gonna do the whole 30 diet, right? For a whole month. Do a 30 day, you know, no sugar, no bread, no dairy, no nothing. Basically, like you eat like like I don't know, meat and vegetables for like a month, right? And I started with so much fanfare and I made it like two weeks in. And then I was like, I, you know, I had a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and pretty pretty soon it just kind of fizzled out. So today's show is about why that happens and how we can make that not happen. And we're going to overcome those problems of like that, of not defining and not getting there based on this acronym GPS. Uh, and to be honest, David, you'll find this funny, I'm sure. It was actually GPSA. There's actually four things I want to talk about. So we're going to call it the GPS with a bonus of an A at the end. Because <laughs> I could not, I could not find, and what's the word, not, what's the word, an, an, an acronym? I could not find an acronym that was like GPSA and it didn't sound right. So Whatever. We're doing GPS with a bonus A at the end uh, because and actually the A might be the most important thing. One of the most important things we're going to talk about today. In fact, there's a study I'll talk about later that showed that your odds of increase like your odds of accomplishing your goal can increase by almost 50 percent when you apply that last A. It'll take everything else you did and it can increase by almost 50 percent versus just the GPS alone. So we'll go through all of that today. And uh, I don't know with that. Are you ready to get into this thing? Let's do it, bro. So G for GPS, G stands for what we all know it probably does stand for, right? Goal. So before we jump into this, I want to talk about having a goal, right? What makes an ideal goal? So I don't want to just pull out like, you know, what I think makes a good goal, even though we'll talk about that and what David thinks. I want to know like, what is research? What do scientists and uh, psychologists, what have they studied to, to know what makes a good goal? And I'm sure we've all heard that SMART goal. Have you heard SMART before, David? Like S is like specific, measurable. Measurable, Yeah attain attainable or there's a few anyway I, I like smart goals they're fine but i really I, I was doing some research and found that in the handbook of positive psychology which is like one of like the textbooks for like psychologists they have like this section on goal setting on what science is in psychology has shown and they have four things listed that makes a good goal number one this actually lines up with smart goals it's specific so in other words, when you have a specific goal, you take specific action. When you have a general goal, it's just kind of you take general action and it typically doesn't get you there. So I'm wondering, David, if you can jump in on anything having to do with like specific goals. Like for people listening to the show today who want a good specific goal for the year, what's a good example or what's some advice you can give for them? Yeah. So you don't want a goal that says like, I want to get in shape, right? Because your brain doesn't know what to do with that. And, and what you'll do is you'll beat yourself up because you didn't get in shape. You'll have a bad experience with your goal. So you just won't do it at all. A better goal would be, I want to go to the gym four times a week, right? Because you know what you can do with that. You can then 
calendar time in your calendar that says, I will go to the gym at this time. You can get other people involved that ask, did you go to the gym? You can put a strategy around something that is specific. If you put a strategy around, I want to get in shape, you'll have a bunch of things that are designed to help you, but they don't really know how to help you. And the more general it is, the easier it is to justify not doing. There you go. So let's uh, let's give a couple of examples of real estate. Let's say you're brand new, like you're mm. a brand new real estate investor. You have no properties whatsoever. You want like what is a good specific goal for that person? We'll we'll get to the the, the actual process for getting that okay. goal done. But like, what's what's a good number or something you think people should shoot for? Well, your brand. I'm new. really big into you should learn first, and so the goals that okay. I set for myself, like one of the things that I want to learn is how to get into commercial investing. So the goal that I okay. set for myself is. I want to be able to explain to someone who has no idea how commercial investing works, how it works so that they can understand how to analyze a commercial property. That's a cool way of looking at it. I actually have never thought of that before. A goal could be to understand something good enough that you can teach it. In fact, actually, that actually, when I was doing research on all this stuff, uh, one of the studies I, I found is that like they, and I don't remember the exact number because I don't have that. I wasn't thinking about talking about that today, but basically the, they said the best way to learn something and it's like dramatic uh, is if you envision yourself teaching that thing mm-hmm. later, like it increases your odds of actually learning that stuff. If you, if while you're learning, you think I'm going to have to teach this to somebody later, yes. uh, it increases. Your, so for that exact reason, that's, that's perfect. I love that. Cool. All right. So what about like, what if you're past education phase, you've already been listening to the okay. podcast forever, you feel pretty comfortable. Good. Now you want to get into real estate. What's like, how does somebody know what goal to set for a specific goal? Uh, it should be specific. I'd say something like I want to analyze 10 properties a week. Okay. So why not say I want to buy 10 properties this year? The problem with saying I want to buy 10 properties this year is that you're putting pressure on yourself to do something that may not be a good idea. And there's many different ways to buy. You also don't know what you need to know in order to buy. So saying you want to buy 10 properties in a year, it that can be a good goal. But why wouldn't you buy 12 if you found 12 good ones? And why wouldn't you stop at seven if that was the only deals that came your way? Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. I like that. All right. So, so you're saying, so a specific goal might be like, I'm going to, it's a process goal, right? Versus a, a number goal. I think that's powerful, right? I got, I don't think number goals are bad. I mean, I had a goal of, you know, for example, I wanted to buy a mobile home park last year. And so I set the goal and I ended up doing it. But like at the same time, in order to get that goal accomplished, I had to set a bunch of process goals. I was analyzing one deal every single day and I was hoping that would result in the deal get, you know, getting it accomplished. So very cool. Okay. So specific goal, we now have got a specific next difficult. That's the next thing the handbook mm-hmm. of positive psychology said about goals is the goal should be difficult. And here's what they actually said in there. Given that people are committed to a goal, they exert effort in proportion to what the goal requires. So an easy goal stimulates low effort, a medium goal, moderate effort, and a difficult goal, high effort. Uh, do you find that true in your own life? Has there ever been like a huge goal that you set for yourself and you accomplished it because you put in massive effort? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I'd also say the times where I didn't have to put much effort into a goal, I didn't really experience much growth. And so it wasn't very much fun. Hmm. That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. Like I actually, yeah. When goals are simple, it's like, you know, I want to do this one little mm-hmm. tiny thing. It's not that exciting and invigorating. So uh, the bigger goal you do now, there is obviously going to be too big, right? If you're, if it just like deflates you and you're just you're climbing a mountain that you can never climb, that's a bad idea too. So for somebody who's brand new, a good example of that, if your goal for the year was a, you know, a specific goal, I want to buy 700 properties mm-hmm. this year, you know, I'm going to analyze 400 deals a month, like it just would get overwhelming, right? 
But if you could analyze, you know, would it be difficult to analyze one deal a day for 90 days straight? You know, like that's actually a difficult thing to every day for 90 days to be able to do it. But is it impossible? Of course not. Anybody could do that. It's just, it's difficult, right? It's also a process goal, which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. The third one on here is feedback. That's the third one that positive uh, handbook of positive psychology said is feedback. In other words, can you at any given point see where you're at on pursuit of your goal? Is it trackable? Is it can you can you have knowledge of your results? So if your goal is to buy a property this year, if your goal is to analyze a certain number of deals this year, can you see where you're at? With real estate, that's actually pretty easy. Uh, with weight loss, that's actually pretty easy. If your goal is to be a better person, is that trackable? Is there feed? Can you get feedback on, I want to be a better person. I want to be a better husband, right? Uh, that would make the goal less likely to accomplish mm. if you can't get immediate feedback. And a lot of people make a mistake. They want to be a better real estate investor. They want to buy more properties. Well, what does that mean, right? It's not specific. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. difficult and you can't track feedback on it. And uh, I'll just move on to the fourth one. The last one is commitment. Uh, in other words, the they say, a- I'm going to actually read this because it was really good. Action is the ultimate proof of commitment in that people can say they're committed and not really mean it. Two types of causal factors uh, are critical in commitment. One, the belief that the goal is important. And two, the belief that one can achieve or make progress towards that goal. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like one, you have to believe that the goal is important, right? And you have to believe that you can actually do it. If you don't believe those two things, you're not going to have commitment. That's what commitment is based on. That's what action is based on is knowing those two things. So let's go back to real estate again, right? You believe that real estate investing is important. Why? Why is it important? Well, real estate investing to me is important because it's a way of knowing that I'm preparing for the future. 30 years from now, when I look back, I'm going to have bought a house for 100000 It's going to be worth 300000 It's going to be paid off. It's going to be providing me with income when I'm no longer able to work a lot. There's a lot of reasons why it's important, but it's very easy to put off. And so that's why I have to make it a priority because 30 years from now, when I look back, it doesn't matter if I intended to do it. If I didn't do it, I don't get the benefit. Yeah, I love that. And actually, there was another. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll on my page here because there was another study that related to this. Oh yeah. All right. So it says here, and I hope you guys enjoy. Like I, I don't know, we're doing something kind of new today, but I love seeing what like studies and research mm-hmm. and psychologists say because like it's one thing to get like subjective advice from people, which I think is helpful. It's another thing to say like mathematically or scientifically, this is what's going to help you. So check out this out. A study in the Journal of Research and Personality suggests that there are material benefits to having your goal aligned to your purpose. Researchers followed the same sample of people over a period of nine years, and they found that during that time, individuals who reported a greater sense of purpose had started to accumulate greater wealth. I thought that was super cool. Like, not only like does you having a good purpose and a good reason behind what you do, not only is that a good idea in terms of like getting your goals done, but it actually scientifically can make you wealthier. Now, if you ask what, what does it mean purpose, they defined it this way. They rated people and they had them answer this question. Do you agree with the statement? Some people wander aimlessly through life. I am not one of them. So people who said, yeah, I'm not one of them. I don't wander aimlessly through life then they are most likely to be more wealthy, which I think is just good uh, hope for all of us who are listening to a podcast here on being intentional about goals because we're all not wandering aimlessly through life. Well, I can I can say I a thousand percent agree with this because I see it play out in my own life. So I'll give you an example. Working out is a goal that I have and almost everybody has. We know we're supposed to exercise. Do I exercise right now? It's very 
intermittent and not like uh, consistently, right? When I was working as a full-time police officer and I knew I'm going to get in a fight this week, I'm going to be in a struggle for my life. I could seriously get hurt or my partner could get hurt. I had a purpose to stay in shape and I was in the gym every single day before my shift started because I was so scared if I'm not in shape and he gets away from me and he hurts somebody else, I'm never going to forgive myself, right? I had a very strong purpose for why I was doing it. When I was a basketball player, it was the same way. Working out wasn't, oh, I know I'm supposed to. It was, I don't want to lose that next game. And if he's in better shape than me and he gets to the ball before I do, I'm going to be so upset, right? So when you tie your goal to a purpose, it makes it a thousand times easier on yourself to accomplish it. And it stops being just willpower that's trying to push you towards it. And instead, it's this like deep desire you have inside to accomplish this goal that frankly kind of makes it a downhill struggle instead of an uphill or a downhill coasting instead of an uphill climb. Yeah, that's great. That's great. One more final thing before we move on to the P of GPS. It says a 2015 study by psychologist Gail Matthews showed that when people wrote down their goals, they were 33% more successful in achieving them than those who formulated outcomes in their heads. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later, talk about another way to even, the A, I talk about you know GPSA. Uh, the A will help you even more than just writing them down. But writing them down does help you become 33% more successful than those who don't do that. So why do you think that is, David? Why writing it down helps? Well, I know. Yeah, why does writing it down help? Here's what I've, I mean, everyone kind of knows that, but why? So when we were training police officers, we would teach them that when they get stressed, their brain is going to push aside everything that is not extremely important in that moment. So I saw guys, especially newer guys or that were uh, not as familiar with being in a stressful situation, not recognize their own name in the middle of it. I'd be saying, Jared. Jared, and he would not even recognize his own name because he was locked in on the gun that we were looking at that the suspect had or whatever the, the problem was, right? And what I learned through that training was that our brain has what we call a reticular activating system that determines of all the stimuli that's hitting us, what matters and what doesn't. And if your brain in your subconscious determines, I don't need to know this right now, it pushes it aside. So right now in this moment, as you're listening to this podcast, you're hearing traffic go by you, you're hearing the hum of a refrigerator, you're hearing people talking and you're your brain is ignoring all of it because you're focused on David's voice and Brandon's voice. And maybe you're thinking about how this stuff would apply in your life, right? The minute I say that, boom, you become aware of it. You need to train your reticular activating system to help you, not hurt you. And that's what we would do with cops is we would teach them to take deep breaths, slow your thinking down, slow your heart rate down so that you can hear the guy next to you saying, I need you to cover me. I'm going to move forward or I'm going to cover you. You need to go forward because that's what's actually going to help you in that moment. It works the same way with goals. When I write my goal down, down and I look at that goal every single day, I'm telling my reticular activating system, hey, buddy, pay attention for anything that's going to help me to accomplish this. This matters to me. So when I'm hearing someone in a conversation next to me mention the word house flip, normally my brain would be like, who cares? I only want to know about what the next Dancing with the Stars episode is going to be, right? But when you've (laughs) trained yourself to pay attention to that, you're like, oh, Yeah. So are you in house flipping? Why? Yes, I am. And that leads to you getting invited to a meetup, which leads to you meeting more people. And it kind of steamrolls that way. If you're not writing things down, it's very difficult to train your reticular activating system to know what it should be warning you about. Yeah, one thing, uh, another example of the reticular activating system that I've heard explained, and it's so true because it worked for me. So I was looking for a, to buy a new car recently. Uh, I wanted a Toyota RAV4 because I really liked them. I had looked at them a couple of times. And all of a sudden, everywhere I drove was RAV4s all over. Like the entire world was made up of RAV4s. And it was the weirdest thing. I was like, I did not realize there's so many RAV4s. Then I bought one. I have it now. 
this is like six months ago, I bought it. And I don't, I don't see RAV4s <laughs> anymore, ever. Like they're never around. So is it because like, like they're just miraculously disappeared? Of course not. It's my, I, I tricked or I, I focused my RAS into focusing on that one thing. I knew that my goal was to buy a RAV4. So I saw them everywhere. My brain is taking millions of pieces of data that are going through its head at any given point, millions of stimuli. And it's pulling out things that it thinks are important for me because I've identified what that is. This is why it's so important to not just write your goals down, but to reflect mm-hmm. on them all the time regularly. This is why I love recommending and why I've used success-based journals forever. Because like, I mean, for years and years, I've used these journals. And finally, today, we're launching Bigger Pockets' own journal based on what's worked in my life and in the other journals that I've used. Because it's like, hey, every morning, you're writing down what that goal is. So it's in the front of your brain. So you're subconsciously finding ways to make that happen. If I give one more example of this. So every year, my wife and I do a goal setting date, we'll call it. Every year we go to the beach at Seabrook, Washington. It's one of my favorite towns in the world. It's amazing. Seabrook, Washington. Very cool. Check it out. Uh, And we rent a little house out there sometimes, or maybe we'll just go out there and uh, go to this restaurant. Either way, the eve or the, 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 on the 1st of January, We'll go to this restaurant together, the same restaurant. We sit in almost the same spot and we review our goals for the year. What do we, what do we do last year? What do we want to accomplish this year? It just became a tradition. We've done it now for five years, I think in a row now. Last year, January of 2018, we sat down and wrote down our goals for the year and we wrote some five-year goals. One of those five-year goals was to move to Hawaii, to buy a house in Hawaii that had at least one extra unit that family and friends could come stay. That was a five-year goal. We wrote that down. And uh, as most of you guys know, we just moved to Hawaii. We bought a property that had an extra unit. We accomplished our five-year goal in like seven or eight months. Now, a lot of things fell into place to be able to get the house that I'm in right now. A lot of luck fell into it, a lot of cool things and a lot of like random happenstance. But it all happened because I had that goal written down and I reviewed it all the time that that's what I wanted in life. And so it took what it was a five-year goal and made it a half a year goal instead. And that's that Raz working in real life. Now, Brandon talked to me about that goal that he had, right? So a lot of conversations that he had kind of spun around, what would it take to get you there, right? He had to learn a little more yep. about house hacking because he didn't want to pay out the teeth to live in Hawaii. He wanted it to be more affordable. Yep. He had to restructure his life so that it wasn't so dependent on being in Washington. He was able to make money and, and provide yep. for his family in different areas, right? There were some tax implications of moving to Hawaii that you had to put in place so that it wouldn't hurt you quite as much. There's a lot of things that go into to this that make a goal seemingly insurmountable or very difficult. And Brandon started systematically knocking out all those barriers. And what he found is that within a year, he had them all knocked out and it was a viable option for him instead of the five years that he was planning on. None of that happens if he doesn't write it down, talk about it with somebody else and let his subconscious start turning in the background to accomplish it. Uh, One of my friends and mentors, Brandon knows him very well, he's in GoBundance with us, Dave Osborne, says that your subconscious is a powerful ally but a terrible master. You are either training your subconscious to help you work towards your goals or it is holding you back and keeping you in place by telling you you could never do it. This is too hard. You don't have what it takes. There's all these things that could go wrong. And if you speak with high, high performance coaches, this is always where they start. They want to know what's going on in your subconscious because unlocking that unlocks the power that we all have. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. I like that. So we got to move on past goals. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say, because it kind of leads into the next thing, psychologist Richard Wiseman, who is a, he's a, he has a bunch of YouTube videos, but he also writes a lot of books. And one of his book books is called 59 Seconds. I would highly recommend it. It is fantastic. Uh, it's about a bunch of 
little things you can do in your life to change your life in under a minute. It's really, really cool. But anyway, in there, he studied goals a lot. And he, he's a psychologist. He did a bunch of research and studies on him. And he found these five tips for setting goals. And, that, and this leads us into the next section. But the first one, make a step-by-step plan. Break your goal down into concrete, measurable, and time-based sub-goals. So that's where we're actually moving to next. And that's an, another reason that this journal that we're launching today is so important because that's exactly what it does. It gives you a, sec- a section first to define what your goal is, and then it helps you break them down into weekly battle plans and then takes them down into daily action plans in which you can actually put your your what those little things are into your calendar, which I, again, I think is super cool. Anyway, so that's the first thing. Make a step-by-step plan. Next, he says, tell other people about your goal. Make it a public declaration increases motivation. Third, Think about the good things that will happen if you achieve your goal, but don't fantasize about it. This is actually really interesting studies they've done. People who do a lot of like, you know, like I am rich, I am powerful, I'm visualizing myself as as already achieved the goal, have a less likely chance of achieving their goal because their subconscious thinks they already got it. Right. So when you fantasize about already having it, you have a less likely chance of actually achieving it. A lot of people don't know that in the kind of personal development world. But science has shown that it's not good to fantasize, but it is good to know what good things are going to happen. For example, when I got into real estate, I said I wanted to get financial freedom because I wanted to have a kid someday. And when I had a kid someday, I wanted to be the best father ever. I wanted to be there for them for every event, every soccer game, every whatever, right? Every ballerina recital. I don't know what kids do these days, but like swimming lessons. I wanted to be there, right? And like that was a good thing I thought about and I I, I dwelled, dwelt on. I didn't fantasize I am already successful. I just said, this is what's going to happen if I get there. I'm going to have that life. And it pushed me towards achieving it. So number three, or that was number three. Number four, Wiseman says, reward yourself for making progress in your goals. Small rewards help push us to major successes. And this is something I think we'll talk about later. There's another study that shows that as well. That just like small wins are one of the greatest, um, uh, I guess, chances of continuing on in a goal and not phasing out the way that we talked about earlier, where people just kind of phase out of their goal. Small wins, the more you can make that happen, the better. So maybe your first goal, again, this is why we take down big goals to smaller chunks. Maybe your first goal is to learn enough to explain to somebody and your goal is to sit down and explain it to your spouse perfectly. Once you do that, you just got a small win. Now your next goal is to analyze 20 deals. Okay, great. Once you do that, you get a small win and maybe you reward yourself with something small. Like, hey, you're gonna take a weekend trip away with your wife as soon as you analyze 20 deals, right? And then the last one that Wiseman, psychologist Richard Wiseman says is to record your, this is his words, not mine. Record your process. Keep a journal, graph, or drawings that plot your progress. Mm. Again, we just keep coming back to this idea of writing down your goals. And, and, and again, even if you don't end up getting the bigger pocket success journal, there's a lot of them out there. Get something that, you can keep track of that on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. It'll make a huge impact. So, One of my hi. favorite people is Jocko Willink. He's a former Navy SEAL. He wrote the book mm, Extreme yeah. Ownership. I love it, right? I love the way Jocko yeah. thinks. I listen to him all the time. And one of my goals is to get on his podcast. So if anybody out there knows Jocko or knows how to get on his podcast, mm. please reach out. I would love to be able to talk to you to make that happen. He speaks about something that I'm very passionate about, which is that on the battlefield, he would say, this is the mission. He had this big, hairy, crazy, audacious goal that they'd have. How are you going to do it? And he was very good at taking this really complicated concept and breaking it into very small submissions. And he knew if he won every single small submission, he would end up winning the big mission, right? So what he found is successful people developed the skill of taking a complex thing and breaking it into several simple things and focusing on that 
right? And that will lead into the power of a checklist, which I don't know why our brains work this way, but there's something we love about making a checklist and checking it off. In fact, Brandon loves this so much that he will make a checklist and he'll make the first thing, make a checklist just so that he can check it off and say, I made a checklist, right? And then the second thing will be check something off on the checklist. Well, he gets to do that because he just checked the first thing off, right? So what you're doing is you're harnessing the power you already have to make things easier for yourself that will help you accomplish your goal. Yeah, I love it. I don't make checklists that that weird. Okay, maybe I do. All right, let's move on to the the second one. So that was goal. You got to have a good goal set. Uh, and we can talk about more about that in the future. But for now, I want to move on to the, the P, which is plan. You have to have a plan, right? Uh, I think there, uh, there's a quote. I can't remember the guy's name. He's like a French name. But uh, it says basically, oh, I'm going to butcher it now. But basically, a goal without a plan is mm. just a wish. I think that's what he said. A goal without a plan is a wish, right? I have a goal to buy a rental property this year. Well, what's your plan to get there? Well, I don't know. That's my goal. Oh, you're not going to get there then, right? You got to have a plan. So what is your plan to get there? So actually, I want to read you guys another study I read that I found fascinating. So researchers wanted to see if they could get more students to get their tetanus shots, their tetanus vac- vaccinations. So they printed up two different leaflets and they measured the success of each one. The first had a scientific explanation of why students get, should get vaccinated. The second had gruesome pictures of the effect of the tetanus. Which one do you think worked better, David? Which one would you guess? Oh, I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to start. It's right. a trick question. Neither worked. They were horrible, right? So they made one more trial. This one, they simply put a map on the paper showing the location of the campus's healthcare center and its opening hours. And that one worked like wow. magic. Why? Because the researchers added process and steps on how to exactly achieve the desired mm. outcome. So yep. isn't that great? Isn't that like great? Like just by having like, like we need a process. We as humans like to follow a plan, whether we admit it or not, we like to have something kind of spelled out for us, which is why like when I say like today's thing, today's show is GPS system because people like a system. They like a process. Like okay, great goal. Got it. Plan. Got it. S. We'll get to that in a second. And A, right? So the GPS A is our is our system. So what does a plan mean? Well, we talked about this earlier. In fact, when Richard Wiseman said you got to break down your goals, that's what he means. If you have a big goal, for example, my goal for a lot of people, their goal and my goal was and for a lot of people is financial freedom. Okay, well, what does that mean? Let's get specific about that goal. Okay, my my goal is to have $5,000 per month in income from rental properties. Great. That's a really good goal. Great. We're getting specific now. When do you want to accomplish it by? Well, I want to do it within five years. Okay. So in order to be on track, this is something, the one thing, the book, the one thing talks a lot about goal setting to the now. If you want to accomplish that goal in five years, what do you think you need to have accomplished in Mm -hmm. the next 12 months to be on track? Oh, well, if I want to have, you know, uh, within five years, I want to have $5,000. I'd like to have up to a thousand dollars a month in passive income by the end of this year. Okay, great. In order to be on track for $1,000 in passive income, what would you need to do this quarter? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I probably should have at least one property under contract this quarter. Great. Let's break that even smaller. Weekly. If you need to get a property under contract this quarter, what would you need to do this week to get that? Well, I, I probably should... uh you know, start sending out, uh, or, you know, get my leads coming in. I need to get leads coming in. Okay, great. Well, how are you going to do that? Uh, well, I'm going to, every day, I'm going to spend at least 10 minutes looking on realtor.com or talking with my agent uh, on getting leads. I'm going to start analyzing. You see what we just did there is we took down a big goal that people have, which is a, a wish, right? And we made up, we attached a plan to it. And now we have 
something that might get accomplished, right? So we took this big goal down to, I'm going to start analyzing deals or I'm going to start looking at deals or I'm going to call a real estate agent or whatever. You need to get there and then you need to be able to like actually do that stuff, right? Because at the end of the day, every single thing you try to accomplish in life, in fact, this is a quote, Hal Elrod said this in one of the Miracle Morning books, every goal you desire is preceded by a process required to get the result. In other words, like if you want to lose weight, yeah, it's great to have a goal of losing weight, but what really gets you the weight loss is diet and exercise, right? If, if you want to buy real estate, there's a process involved. And the process that David and I talk a lot about is the lapse funnel, right? You have to get leads. You have to analyze those leads. You got to pursue them, go after them. And then sometimes they work out to success, L-A-P-S. Uh, and so if you don't have a process, you're likely not going to get there. Now, I didn't know, David, you're a real estate agent and you know a, a pretty darn good one I hear. I know this is huge, especially with Keller Williams and the, and the agency that you work, you're part of, is this idea of a process. Can you talk about that yeah, a little so bit? Yeah, so one of the guys that I look up to a lot is my friend Ben Kinney. He's a big real estate agent within Keller Williams, and I'm really trying to get him on the podcast because he has an amazing success story where he went from like living in a cabin in the woods without running water to being a multi-multi-millionaire that owns tons of properties, sells tons of houses, a very humble guy. And he teaches a different kind of GPS. It's very similar to this, but his GPS it stands for goal priority strategy. And I guess as Brendan was talking, a little light bulb went off in my head. And what I realized is everything that we are discussing is a way of converting a goal into a plan, right? It's all the this, this tools and the systems that we use to transfer it from a desire into a process that will get you that desire. And that's really important, right? So at Keller Williams, Ben Kinney teaches this idea of the goal priority strategy, one, three, five. So you have one goal, you come up with three strategies that will help you get there. And then you come, or sorry, three priorities that will help you get there. And then five strategies for each priority. So it might look like my goal is to sell a hundred houses a year. Then I would come up with three strategies, how I'm going to do it. One of them would be talking to everybody in my sphere and telling them I'm a real estate agent. Another one would be holding open houses. Another one would be, uh, holding seminars and teaching people about real estate in the hopes that they send me deals. Then I come up with five strategies for each priority. How am I going to hold open houses? I'm going to hold this many every week. I'm going to find them from this location. This is what I'm going to do at the open house to make it work, right? Now, those actual strategies are something that I can measure, that I can uh, track. I can write down and know, am I hitting this or not? Did I hold this many open houses this month? Why not? What do I need to do to change it, right? Did I make sure everybody signed in that came to my open house? Did I follow up with all those people? Because if I miss any of those steps, then I'm not going to accomplish that strategy, which means that priority won't work, which means I won't hit the goal, right? It's the very same thing we're talking about now. And these are all tools that successful people use to take what seems like a crazy mountaintop goal you could never get to and break it into things that you can control, which are the strategies. There you go. Yeah, because a lot of times we can't control the outcome, but we can control what we do. And that's why having a plan is so important. So let's get specific and talk about real estate real quick. You know, I already mentioned that maybe the maybe the strategy or the the plan is I'm going to analyze X number of deals per month. I think that's a really good lead measure. I've been talking or learning a lot lately about lead measures versus lag measures. Lead measures are things that predict the result. The result is a lag measure, right? So losing weight the lag measure is the scale number. Like what, what do you actually weigh? The lead measure is how many times you worked out, how many calories you ate, right? So lead measures are things that you can influence. We can't influence getting an offer mm -hmm. accepted. That is a lag measure. We can't influence that. I mean, we, can, we can't direct that. But what we can do is we can 
guide, we can direct and we can influence our lead measure. So I'm going to analyze this many deals. I'm going to attend this many real estate meetups. I'm going to take this many investors out to coffee. I'm going to, you know, have this many conversations with lenders. Those are lead measures, things that we can do. And if we do those lead measures, if we follow the process, the results should take care of themselves automatically. Now, that's not always true. We might need to shift how we're doing our lead measures, right? We need to make adjustments along the way. So again, if your goal is to buy a single rental property in 2019, like what is the process needed to get you there? Like we said, you're going to need leads. You're going to need to analyze them. You're going to need to pursue them, make Mm -hmm. some offers. And then that should take care. Those three lead things should take care of the success at the end. This is so good. Uh, I'm making a course right now. This was Brandon's idea, actually, because we were masterminding on on ideas for how I could hit my goals. And he said, you should make a course for real estate agents that teaches them how to become a top producer and make a bunch of money in their first year, right? And one of the things that we're talking about is exactly what Brandon is saying, but I've never put it into this context before. If you focus on the lag, it is very easy to get discouraged. Did I get a deal? Did I get an offer accepted? No, this sucks. It's not working. If I focus on the lead, there's things that I can do to make it better. Well, I could write more offers. I could write better offers. I could target houses that are more likely to get offers accepted, right? So just the subtle difference on what your brain focuses on impacts how much success you're likely to have. And I use this analogy of I was a big basketball player, right? And you want to shoot better. If you focus on your shooting percentage and it's not improving, I just need to shoot more, right? You're not actually going to make any progress. You're just going to get discouraged and want to quit. If you focus on the lead measures, that would be things like, did I get my elbow in? Did I flick my wrist? Did I spread my fingers? Where my feet squared up, things that you can control and you practice and practice and practice those until they're habits. Well, the lag measure is going to take care of itself and you're going to see it in the form of a better shooting percentage. When I, if I did everything right and the ball still missed, I can't worry about that. I just have to make sure I did everything right. You can't, you can't look at the results and say, oh, I should quit because I'm not getting the results I want because we don't control results. Once that ball is out of my hand, I don't control whether it goes in or whether it doesn't. All that I could control was that I take the steps that I should have taken before the ball left my hand. And that is what successful people do. So what we're talking about now are practical steps that you can take to shift your focus onto the things that will make you successful rather than all the things that you focus on now that discourage you so that you don't even try. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good analogy to the basketball thing because again, we can control some things and we get discouraged, right? I mean, how many people out there listening to this have Mm -hmm. been discouraged because you made an offer and it didn't get accepted, right? It's like, oh man, I tried. And like by by knowing that you're just following a process, you it takes the it it helps take the emotion out of it. It's okay if you get an offer rejected or if you you go after something that doesn't work out because you're just working a numbers game. If you (laughs) stick with that, you're likely going to be fine over time. And so again, stick with that plan. One more part of the plan I want to bring up here is the idea of habits. So I recently read a book, uh, The Power of Habit, and I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it, but it was a really good book. It's all about how like habits define most of what we do. I think they, they Duke University did a study that said 40% of what we do during the day, our waking hours, 40% are subconscious habit driven. Like, mo- like, I mean, everything from what shoe do you put on first every day, David? Do you even know? Yeah, I bet I do you the it's a habit. First every time. You put on the same... Okay. Every time, right? We do so many things, habits. Now, the great thing about that is, I mean, habits define who we are and what we achieve in life. Like almost entirely, our habits define who we are and what we achieve in life. And the great thing is we can build and destroy habits as needed. Oh yeah. Charles uh, Duhigg, I think is his name, Power of Habit. We can control habits, right? We can build them into our life. And if you want to know how to do that, there's a really, again, that book is fantastic. Um, power of habit, but what habits are you doing in your life that are getting you to where you want to get to? For example, a habit of waking up 
early. And I'm not saying you have to wake up early to be successful. There is a lot of data that actually shows that, but I'm not going to get into that today. But let's say your habit is to wake up an hour earlier so you have more time to spend on your real estate investing before the kids wake up or before the spouse is up and needs your help with stuff or before work, right? That might be a habit you can build in. Now, again, building your habits is going to be key if you want to achieve great things in life. And and that's part of this whole plan thing. So as part of the journal that we're launching today, there's actually a section in there on habit tracking. You actually list down some of the habits you want to build. So for example, some of my habits are, I want to read a little bit of a business book every single day. That's a habit I'm tracking. I want to drink water every single day. I want to read something spiritual like the Bible every single day, a little bit. At least if I can get every day, get into a habit. It doesn't have to be hours and hours of work. I want to drink the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is I drink a glass of water, a huge glass of water. Why? Because I read a study, a research study that showed that people are more effective in all areas of their life when they drink a large glass of water first thing in the morning. So we actually put that right in the journal. Like, did you yeah. drink a glass of water this morning? Like, cause it's like, it's studies show that helps. Like it helps dehydrate or rehydrate you, get your brain working better, get you woken up better help you accomplish uh, more and better things. So again, figure out what habits you want to build in your life or what habits you want to kill in your life and start tracking it. What you track, what measures usually gets done. Uh, and I find that in almost all areas of my life. If you track it, it usually gets done. If not, you, know, you just helped me figure out something I've always been trying to figure out with that brilliant piece of insight. <laughs> I've that? always wondered why when somebody has success in one area of their life, it often translates into success in other areas that they weren't having. Like I'll, I'll have a friend that gets really into fitness. They'll get in great shape. And the next thing I know, they're getting promoted at their job or they're starting a new job and they're doing great. Yeah. And I'm like, that. it's not like being fit was something that made you a better salesperson. I don't get why that happened. I just assumed it was confidence, right? But I don't think it is. I think that they developed habits that made them good at getting into shape. And once they became habits, they applied them in a new area, which made success in that area better, which supports your idea that habits are what determine how successful you'll be. And that by disciplining yourself in something you will then have developed habits that will carry over into other things. And that's why Brandon and I often talk about things that have nothing to do with real estate investing because we know they will have everything to do with real estate investing success. It's not always that you need just to be a better analyzer of properties. You need better habits that will then carry over into your real estate investing business and make you more successful. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there's a uh, blogger out there called James, named James Clear. I think it's jamesclear.com. Uh, one of my favorite bloggers. He's just fantastic. All about like research and psychology and all that. Anyway, he calls that a keystone habit. When you change like one habit that makes everything else kind of fall in line. Uh, it's just fantastic. So again, track that. And the way you can do it, again, if, you, if you're if you using the Bigger Pockets uh, 90 Days of Intention Journal, you can do it right in there. But if not, just grab a piece of paper, make a grid, right? Write down your what the habits are. Maybe you have five, six, seven habits you're trying to build in your life. And then every day, on the, uh, you know, going across the kind of spreadsheet or grid, check off, did you do that habit or not? And set a goal, right? So for example, drink a glass of water every morning, right? So great. Now you have, you, uh, did you do it today? Check. Did you do it today? Check. At the end of the week, after having to seven days, add up. What did you get? Did you get three out of seven? five out of seven, seven out of seven, add all that up and you can kind of gamify it, right? And so at the end of the week, you can add up your whole score for the week and say, hey, I got a 75 out of 90 this week. Next week, I'm going for a 76. Because science shows, studies show, when you gamify things, when you put numbers and scorecards of things, you're more and more likely to accomplish as well, which is why we built that into the habit tracking part of the 90 Days of Intention journal. So, Speaking of that, we got to move on and get to the S of this. We we already covered the G, which is set a good goal. P, which is plan. You can also call it process. 
And uh, the third one, but before I get to that one, I do want to mention because I, one last time, uh, or I'm sure I'll mention at the end again, but today the 90 days of intention journal is for sale on bigger pockets. So the question I ask you guys is, I want to know, what do you, I'm going to read off a couple statements here. I want to know what you think about that. Like, how do you feel when you hear this? What if you could achieve every goal you set for yourself, no matter how high? Or what if you woke up every morning knowing exactly what levers you need to pull to get closer to those goals? What if your uncertainty on what the right path is, what if that disappeared and before you was a step-by-step path towards your goal? Or what if your dreams of success could be roadmapped in just a couple minutes of work every day? What if you could approach the day like a walk on the beach, calm, steady, and beautiful? And what if the key to all of this was intention? So that's what the goal of the journal is, is to make your life work like that. Because when you intentionally plan out like your life on what you're trying to do, amazing things happen. And we put together this journal. It's 90 days. There's a bunch of weekly uh, weekly reports in there. We call them weekly battle plans and then daily action plans. And you, as you work through it every day, just five minutes a day of reviewing what are your goals? What is the most important next step you can do on those goals? You know, where are you at on your laps funnel? What does your calendar look like? What do your habits look like? There's a spot for a schedule in there. There's a spot where you can write down what your your most important thing is for tomorrow to do. Because studies show when you the last thing you do at night, if you write down what you're going to do the next morning, you'll actually sleep better at night. All this stuff is designed to give you the most powerful, amazing 90 days of your life. Uh, and if you do it, run it for 90 days, see what happens. If you, uh, if, if you love it, then get another 90-day journal then. Or if you don't love it, in fact, we even have a guarantee. If you don't love the 90 days of intention journal after 90 days, just email support at biggerpockets.com and get a full refund. Because again, we believe that strongly in this thing. So again, 90 days of intention journal, you can get it at biggerpockets.com slash journal. And that said, we're moving on to the S of GPS, and that is schedule. Because if it's not on your calendar, it's not likely to get done. Do you agree, David? This is something that I've had to have some like real honest talks with myself about because uh, now my life is crazy. I'm a real estate agent. I'm building a real estate team. I'm hosting this podcast. I'm writing articles for different websites. I'm writing books. I'm coaching people. I'm speaking. I'm doing seminars. There's a lot of different things I'm doing, right? And so what I've had to learn is if I'm going to do this well, it needs to be scheduled that I'm going to do something or I will miss it. So what I've had to learn is everything is funneled to my assistant, Krista. Krista puts it on my calendar. She gets me the things that I need to do it well. And I follow the calendar that she sets for me. Every time I've strayed from that, I've dropped balls. I've lost track. I've failed at things. When it's on my calendar, it gets done. And I've just had to give up, throw up my hands and say, this is the only way I'm going to be successful is it has to be calendared, right? And too many people think in their own ego that they can handle it without that and you won't do it. Yep. It's so true. It has to go. If it's on my calendar, it likely will get done. And if it's mm-hmm. not, it probably won't get done. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, huge. So we're going to schedule it into your life. You need to have a calendar, use whether it's an online one, whether you use a journal, whether you use a combination of both, you got to have it done. In fact, here's another study you guys are going to love. A study in the British Journal of Health Psychology found that 91% of people who planned their intention to exercise by writing down when and where they would exercise ended up following through. Meanwhile, it said people who read motivational material about exercise, but they didn't plan when and where 
showed no increase compared to the control group, which in other words means like those people had, I will do this at this time in this location. And 91% of those people actually accomplished it because they set that intention. Right. I love that. Right. Not like if you want to accomplish something like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to analyze some deals. Great. When, where, how, right? Oh, I'm going to sit down at my computer at three o'clock today from three to three 30. And I'm going to analyze two deals that I found on realtor.com. I'm going to use the bigger pockets calculators to do that. Boom. Now it's more likely you're going to get that done. In fact, they like the psychologists have found chances are you will get that done because now you plan it. But so many people, they just have this, like, I want to do get this one thing done sometime, right? Sometime never happens. Someday never happens. It's, I will blank behavior at blank time in mm. blank location. And then you're going to get it done. And again, put it on your calendar. So when you schedule things, like, there's a good chance it's going to get done. So again, if, if maybe your goal is, hey, I'm going to go to a real estate meetup, right? If you say you keep for years, you've been saying you want to get together with other real estate investors. How many people listen to the show right now have been saying that they want to get together with other Bigger Pockets members, but just haven't done so? A lot of you, right? So I will go to biggerpockets.com slash events as soon as I get home and find a meetup in my area and click attend. And then I'm going to put that on my calendar. Do you think maybe you'll get that done if you do that? I think there's a much better chance than saying someday I want to mm-hmm. get together with some bigger pockets people. Again, biggerpockets.com slash events, totally free to go there and find an event in your area. And if there's no event in your area, uh, if you are a bigger pockets pro member, you can start an event in your area, post an, uh, an event, and then you can be the uh, hub of information there. So again, schedule it. GPS. Anything you want to yeah, add I would before say, I move as on? I'm thinking about this. I'm realizing in my relationship with you, we are the same way. We'll say, yeah, we need to talk about so-and-so and and we never do it. When we're like, hey, Wednesday at seven, are you free to talk about whatever? And we put it in our calendar. It happens almost every time. Yep. Yep. It's so true. You got to schedule it and you got to be consistent with it. I mean, this is like basic, Mm. like tortoise and the hare stuff, right? Like if you just do a little bit every day and or a little bit regularly a process and you have it on your calendar and you just keep knocking this stuff out, you're going to get to your goal accomplished. You're going to get what you want, but you can't rely on just, I hope this works out. I hope I buy real estate. You got to have a goal. You got to have a plan. You got to schedule it. And then to really <laughs> boost your your chance of success, to really maximize it, studies show that this one thing can increase your chance over written goals. Like, you know, written goals are good, right? We already looked at that. But they can achieve even a 50% increase over written goals by doing this final thing, the A. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, 
I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb. And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from price for life offer and may be increased. With that, let's get to the final. We had G stand for goal, P stand for plan, S stands for schedule. To really maximize that process, you've got to have what we call accountability. So I want to read this study to you because this just blew my mind. It's a little bit long and complex, but please stick with me because this is like life changing stuff right here. So there's this uh, woman who did the, uh, this, uh, this study and I wish I could have her name. Uh, I'll try to pull it up in a minute. But anyway, uh, she did a study where she grabbed a bunch of people and, had, and put them into five different groups. Group one, you don't have to memorize it, but I'll just say group one had to just think about their goal. Group two had to write their goal. Group three had to write it and then come up with something, that, some action plan. Group four, they had to send that action plan and their goal to a friend, like an accountability partner. And group five had to do all the same things, but they had to send weekly uh, reports. In other words, they had to meet weekly with this accountability person. 
And here's the results, basically. And I will actually put this graph, this chart that I found in the show notes of this page at biggerpockets.com slash show 307. But basically, here's what worked out. The group that had just, you know, I want to accomplish something in their head goal had a 42% chance of accomplishing their goal. People who wrote down their goal, a 60% chance. That's pretty good. People who had a written goal and they determined in their head what their action plan was actually dropped down to 50%. People who told their friend, the people who told their friend that they were going to do something, what they were going to do had a 64% chance. And people who did weekly accountability had a 76% chance of achieving their goals. So let me just re-explain what that means. If you just, according to the study, if you just have a goal, you have a 42% chance. You have almost a double chance of achieving it if you have accountability. Now, if you are somebody who has a goal, you have a plan, and you have uh, you wrote your goals down, you still have a 50% chance uh, increase in chance of accomplishing your goal by having weekly accountability. So what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that, right? So some people have uh, weekly accountability groups. Some people have weekly accountability partners. Some people have just a weekly call with a friend. Some people have like the journal in itself is kind can kind of be an accountability, but only if you send it to somebody else, right? And this is the last thing like I want to cover today is this idea of accountability because this has been probably the biggest impact in my life. As most of you know, David and I are part of a group called GoBundance. Um, it's kind of a accountability group. You could call it that, but it's, it's larger. It's really just like a giant group of, I don't know, 150, 200 people that are just crushing it on their goals. This has been really helpful, but with the abundance, they actually ha- ha- were setting people up with small mastermind groups of like three to five people. So at Bigger Pockets, we're like, hey, maybe we should do the same thing because we know that scientifically people who have accountability groups are more successful. So here's the thing. If you buy the journal that we're putting out before December 31st, you actually will be able to opt in to your own real estate investor mastermind group. We call them intentional mastermind groups. It's We will actually pair you up with three to five other people who have opted in who are excited about real estate at your experience level. We're going to base people on beginner, middle, and experience, like, you know, super experienced, medium, and, and low. Uh, and we're going to put you in a group to be able to work through this thing weekly because we at Bigger Pockets want to make sure you have the greatest chance possible. So again, anybody who picks up the journal is going to be able to get that as long as you do it before December 31st. Now let's talk about accountability real quick. Like what makes a good accountability group? I, I, I kind of, I'm actually working on a blog post. It'll probably be out actually by the time this show comes out. So I'll put the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash 307. But Here's a summary of what a great accountability group, in my opinion, how it works. First of all, number one, you have to have the right group. It doesn't mean everybody has to have the same goal, but it should be in the same field generally, right? The same field. So if you're, if you're trying to do real estate stuff, get in a group of other real estate investors. Secondly, you have to have a standard weekly time to meet at most every other week, but it's got to be regular and standard. Why? Because weekly accountability is what's going to get you to your goal. The studies show that, right? So set a weekly standard time. Put it on your calendar. Schedule it, right? Number three, I recommend establishing roles. Like somebody needs to be the facilitator, the leader, the person who says, hey, guys, guys or girls, right? I I always say guys, but then people get mad for me saying guys. So guys and girls, like 
this is the time we're meeting. You didn't show up last week. What's wrong? Like, we need somebody to be a facilitator. You need somebody to be a note taker. It could be somebody within the group, or you could hire a virtual assistant to show up to your calls and take notes for everyone. You need a timekeeper, right? Because mastermind groups fall apart when they just go on forever and they're not very structured. You need structure, which we'll get to in a second. And the timekeeper can do that. Hey, man, we're out of time. Let's move on to the next section. Fourth, you need to prioritize the event through penalizing this event. In other words, if you say you're going to show up, studies show that punishment is 300% more effective than reward at accomplishing something. Now, there's a lot of studies that have different ways of looking at this, but the, one of the ones I was looking at earlier said 300% more likely, which means, so for a while I, I was in a group, I mean, I've had a group now for four years, the same group I've been a part of. Uh, and like, we have like these like silly little things we've done over the years that are like, hey, if you miss a meeting, you got to do a hundred pushups right? For if you miss a meeting without, without calling. Or I, I know one group, a friend of mine, actually David, one of the people in Go Abundance, one of their groups, it was like, I think it was like 10 grand. If they missed a meeting without, without calling ahead of time, it was like $10,000 they had to donate to somebody, to like a charity. Uh, there's also a, a, a app out there called Stick, S-T-I- S-T-I-K-K, I think it is. It's an app where like you donate to an anti-charity if you don't accomplish whatever it is you said you're going to do. So like if you're a Democrat, you you can support Republicans. Or if you're pro-choice, you support pro-life. It's it's a funny app, but I did that for a while. In fact, I lost a bunch of weight a couple of years ago with a buddy where we had weekly accountability calls on each of us trying to lose weight uh, and we use the stick app. So again, there's that. Have, prioritize it by penalizing it. So it has to be, I mean, it has to be the number one priority in your life or at least one of them. And the fifth thing is you have to have a regular agenda and a clear structure. If you just get together and say, hey, guys, what's up? You know, hanging out. We're just talking. Hey, what's going on in my life? Those always fall apart. Every group I have ever been a part of that didn't have a clear structure fell apart. And the only group that I'm still part of four years later has a very clear structure. And this is how generally we operate and how the ones that I've seen operate, here's how they work. The first five minutes, it's like chit-chatting on high and lows. What's been awesome this week? What sucked this week? Next, for the next 10 minutes or so, everybody identifies three things. What big goal are you working towards? What did you commit to last week? And did you accomplish it? Everybody goes around the circle and quickly says that, just two, three minutes a piece, right? What goal are they working towards? I'm working towards buying a rental property. Last week, I committed to sending out a thousand direct mail letters. Did I accomplish it? Yes. Next, for the next half hour of the session, so we're at five minutes, then we're at 15 minutes. Now from 15 to 45, one person each week, and it rotates every week, is in the hot seat. The entire group dives in and helps this one person with their problem. Or if they don't have a problem, they can just go through their general life, like you know what their plan is or what they're working towards. But one person each week gets to be the hot seat. And then the last few minutes of the, uh, the, the call, every person has to answer two questions. What are they going to commit to this week? And then what is the most important next step that they're going to accomplish? So that is, that is my like full uh, synopsis of how a great accountability uh, group works. So again, if, you, if you're part of the Bigger Pockets 90 Days of Intention groups, uh, we'll be sending this out to everybody in those groups. Uh, but if you're part of just another group, maybe you want to adopt part of this in your own life. So David, I've been talking for an hour now. Anything yeah, the, you want to the add very to first article I ever wrote for Bigger Pockets, I wrote it right after I was interviewed the first time. That's when I met you and Josh in person, right? Or as close to as person as you get. It was in Skype. Uh, and it, it, I don't remember the title, but it was something yeah. like, this is why Steph Curry shoots 500 three-pointers a day. If you if you Google Bigger Pockets Steph and Curry, you'll see it, right? And I tell this story of when I was in high school and how uh, – 
my coach stopped the practice. He said, who here agreed in the beginning year they wanted to be a better shooter? Everybody raised their hand. He said, who stayed late after practice yesterday to practice their shooting? I was the only one that raised my hand, right? We were shooting bad that day and all of us had to run, <laughs> me included, until we were throwing up. It was a horrible, horrible day, right? And at the end, he said, you guys all said you want to be better shooters. Well, why didn't you stay late? to practice, to improve it. And it really put me, I wrote this article because it impacted me a lot as I spent time trying to figure out, well, of course we all want to be better shooters. Who doesn't want to be better? But yeah, why weren't they staying late to work if they really wanted it? And what I realized is there's wanting and there's wishing, right? If you're not taking action to accomplish your yeah. goal, you don't want it. You just wish it would happen. If the, if the goal fairy came and touched your head with her wand and said, you now have your stuff, you would accept it. But you're not willing to go take the steps to make it happen. So it's a lie to tell yourself, I want to be a real estate investor. I want to build wealth. Because you really don't if you're not taking steps. And that's something I would challenge everybody who's listening to this. If Brandon is laying out this argument that this is how an accountability group should work, and you're not going to go form one, don't say, I want to do this. Because you're tricking yourself into thinking something that's not true. Start saying, yeah, I would like to be a real estate investor, but I don't want it. And that's what I do, right? When I'm not taking action, I start telling myself, I don't want to do this. And it bugs me because I know I should. I should be doing that. I'm capable of it. So when I start saying, I just don't want it bad enough, that's why I'm not doing whatever, it starts to build something up inside me that eventually gets me over the hump to where I'm like, F that, I am going to go do this, right? And that's what I would say. If you guys hear this stuff that we're telling you and you're not taking action, it just means you don't want it. There's many reasons why you might not. So why are you listening to this podcast every week if you don't want it? It's because you wish you could have it. Move your wishing into wanting. Start taking those steps and the results will take care of them themselves. I two notes on that. First of all, Michael Jordan has a quote. I actually have the sign. I had a, my wife bought me a sign because I love this quote so much. It said, some people wish it would happen. Some people want it to happen. Other people make it happen. Right. So I love that. Again, I love it so much. I got a sign. Uh, my wife got me one. But uh, uh, the second part of that, there's a guy named Mark Manson who wrote a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And it's, it's actually a really, really good book. Uh, if you don't mind the swearing, he, uh, mentions a thing in there about goals. He's kind of a goal productivity kind of an author, but he mentions this really great point that there's goals. And when you look at goals, you shouldn't look at, do I really want this goal? But am I willing to sacrifice to get this? He said, it's a, it's a shift, right? Like, like instead of thinking, do I want the result? You think, do I want the pain associated with the result? Do I want the pain of shooting 500 free throws a day? Do I want the pain associated with dealing with tenants? Do I want the pain associated with having to analyze 400 real estate deals every year in order to get three of them to work out? And if not, that's fine, but it means that you might not actually want the goal. It's a good way of looking at it is don't look at, do you want the result? Look at, do you want the pain? He also says in that same book, he says that people who are successful fall in love with the process. If you look at somebody in the gym mm-hmm. that's ripped, mm-hmm. they love working out. Like I do not love working out, so I don't go to the gym. However, I love surfing. And so like it's not work to me. I fell in love with the pain of surfing. I fell in love with the pain of playing racquetball. So those I will do all day long, any day of the week, right? Because I love the pain associated with it. I honestly love the pain of analyzing deals and putting together a real estate deal. I love that pain. Like it's fun to me, right? But if you don't love the pain, it's going to be hard to do it. So what you need to do is find a real estate strategy that you can fall in love with. Maybe it means you're just going to do the marketing for somebody else because you love the marketing and you can fall in love with that pain. Or maybe you're going to fall in love with the pain of raising money or something, but find what you can love the pain of and and, and work that. That's and good, man. Focus I on that. good money for what I just felt when you said that. You know, 
Well, I, no I, exaggeration. <laughs> cheesy moment coming. Okay, I've spent a lot of time with Brandon. He's one of my best All friends right. in the world. He's more like a brother, right? He is the best father I've oh, ever seen in my life. It scares me what a good dad oh, you are. I don't understand you. where it comes from. How you're as patient as you are. But like you clearly love being a dad and that is why you're so good at it. It's that simple, right? You love the painful process of being patient with Rosie and guiding her along the way and putting up with stuff that make little kids difficult. And that's such a good point is that you got to find out what you love. You got to fall in love with the process of greatness and what you want to be great at. And then you won't catch yourself frustrated thinking, oh, I just need to do better. I need more willpower. No, it's not willpower that's going to get you there. It's love. Wow. That's really good. Well, thank you for the uh, kind words. I I do love being a father. It is very fun. So, all right, y'all. I hope you guys have enjoyed our show so far. We're not quite done yet, but I just want to say like the GPSA, right? I want to revisit that. Goals, plan, schedule it, and then get held accountable to it. Whether it's an individual accountability partner, an accountability group, get some way to keep moving forward week by week by week by week. Look, if you just, if it's like, if you always just keep inching forward, here's an analogy I use all the time. If you're playing football, imagine if you're a football fan, right? If you're in football, if you always consistently move the ball three yards down the field, every single play, you would be undefeatable. I mean, you could not lose, right? Because every time you made it, you know, three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards, you get another first down. Then you do it again and again and again. You just, if you just keep little by little by little, people oftentimes think that, that the way to win a football game is to do a bunch of cool hair, Hail Marys. But the best football players, they don't do the teams. They don't do that. Like watch a football game. It's like run, get two yards, run, get three yards, pass, get five yards. It's just let's keep moving the ball down the field. And your goals are the exact same way, right? If you just if you just take a little action consistently, you have a goal, you know where you're going, you have a plan, you start taking plan, you plan every single day, working a little bit at a time towards it. It's on your schedule, you've scheduled it and you've got somebody holding you accountable to to actually doing the right levers like you're going to achieve what you want in life. You're going to get there. Like David and I have experienced that in our own life by following the same process. You're going to experience it as well. And I'm sure you have in many areas of your life, but you got to do it. You got to get out there and do it. So I just recommend, I mean, just take something you learned today. Maybe listen to the show over again. If you want to take notes when you get home, if you're driving right now, but this stuff doesn't work if you don't apply it to your life. So hope you guys are enjoying this. Now, before we get to the end of the show, we're going to do a kind of a fun little uh, famous four. Famous four. But first, let's hear from Mindy on what's going on this week on the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. Thanks, Brandon. Our guest this week is Patrice Washington. She's America's money maven. And the beginning of her story is going to be a little bit familiar to your listeners. It's 2007, and she was on top of the world selling real estate literally as fast as she could list it. But then 2008 happens, and I bet you can guess where this is going. Uh, Her world kind of changes a little bit, and she shares what happened to her during the crash, and how she rebuilt her life afterwards, basically doing anything it took to make ends meet. But now she's back on top of the world and doing what she truly loves, teaching people how to use their money to build their own best lives. Okay, I'll let you guys get back to the famous four. Uh, In today's Famous Four, we're going to do something kind of special, actually. I am going to change the Famous Four questions around, and I'm going to ask David for brand new questions. All right. You ready for this? Throw them at me. We're interviewing you today, David. All right. David, what is your least favorite real estate investing strategy you've ever done? Ooh, God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
it's uh, it's going for the cheap, easy deals that look like they're going to have a great ROI and then become a horrible headache later in life. I've yet to ever squeak one out that was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this house for $30,000 and I'm only going to put six grand into it. They always end up being in the worst neighborhoods with the worst tenants and the worst experience. Trying to skip on the fundamentals of real estate and one of it is what location, location, location has always come back to hurt me. All right. That's a good answer. Number two, what's the latest business book that you've been obsessing about? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. It is called Pitch Anything by Oren Kloff. It is a completely revolutionary idea that I never even thought of. He's he's really in a frame control, which it basically, to sum this up, your frame is the way that you look at life. It's the perspective that you carry. Like looking at a window frame, Brandon and I can be looking at the same thing from two different locations out of different windows. We're seeing different things, right? So we often see this with a guy like Donald Trump. He's very polarizing. One person looks at him and he says, oh, he's making America great. He's fighting for our interests. He's a strong leader. Another person looks at him and thinks he's a crazy psychopath who's going to blow us up at any minute, right? The very same person with two completely different perspectives because people have different frames. Well, in the book, Oren makes the argument that when two different people come together, our frames do not meld and become some kind of hybrid frame of a little bit of each of our views. No, the stronger frame overtakes the weaker frame. And that is the frame in which both people in the relationship will see the topic that is being discussed, right? So this is a really good way to get people to see things from your side of view and help them understand what you're passionate about. If you want to raise money for real estate, the people you're talking to are going to come with a frame of this is scary. What if I lose my money? Do you really know what you're doing? Can I really trust you? They're never going to let you borrow their money until you sound so confident and in control and you've taken the alpha position, that relationship that they see. This person knows what they're doing. I feel safe. I'll let them borrow the money, right? And I never realized how many ways I was giving up up the, the, the alpha position or putting myself down to make other people feel better, which was then making it harder for them to trust me or see things from my point of view. So now that I've read that book, I'm like all about, man, what are the ways I'm sabotaging myself? What are the ways I can strengthen my frame to make it easier for people to understand what I'm trying to teach them? Because we want to help people. We want you guys to accomplish your goals that are real estate related. That is why Bigger Pockets podcast exists. It's why Brandon and I are like incessantly strategizing about how we can make this easier. It, the better I get at that, the better I can help you guys see this from our perspective because our perspective works. That's why we're successful investors. Wow. Good answer. All right. Yeah. Pitch anything, Orin Clap. We read that a few years ago. Uh, Josh Dorkin and I both read it. We just loved mm-hmm. it. All righty. Uh, next question, number three, right? What hobbies do you wish you were good at, but you suck at? I wish I was better at surfing because you love it and it is fun, (laughs) but I just don't know why you have fun doing it. To me, it is just an exercise and exhaustion the entire time that you try to go out there and do it. It's like 99 units of work for one brief moment of almost fun and then you fall and have to start all over. That's what Uh, it is. I got, I know the consistency is the key. I got to keep doing it. When we went surfing in Austin, you were there, right? Yeah, you yeah. were there in Austin when we did the wave pool. Yep. That was a ton of fun, right? Like it removed a lot of the things that made surfing hard. Yep. So we actually got some experience and I got up a couple of times. But if I could have the magic fairy come touch me with the wish of I could be better at something, it'd probably be surfing. Oh, good answer. All right, number four. This will be the, the same for the same last question. What do you think separates successful people from those who give up, fail, and never get started in regards to goal setting? Why do some people accomplish their goals and some people don't? 
Some people set up their goals to where they focus on the lead indicators, not the lag indicators, and they break a complex problem into simple solutions, and they fall in love with the process of conquering very small goals, overcoming them, and then taking the next step up the ladder and wrestling with that specific goal. If you have the ability to take a very complex, scary concept, a, a, what do we call it in the beginning? A, a dream or a desire, a, a wish, right? Wish, and yeah. you can convert that into the, a goal that has a process that you follow it is almost impossible to fail. And I'm serious about that. If I did the workout that The Rock does and I ate the food that The Rock eats, I may not accomplish his physique because genetically and physically we're different people, but I would get a hell of a lot closer to where he <laughs> is than where I am right now, right? Yep. It, the problem is it's hard to get in the gym. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go through the workout. I don't have my diet set up so that that kind of food is around, right? But if I broke it into small little pieces, getting my diet under control, scheduling time to go to the gym, learning the workouts, there is no way that I couldn't look more like the rock if I did the, the exercises. And if I'm not doing it, it just means I don't want to. So I have to start telling myself, I just don't want to look like The Rock, which then our, 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 our uh, subconscious will start to get involved. Like, no, that's not true. You do kind of want that. And you'll start <laughs> that mental battle that will eventually get you over the hump. All right. That's a great answer. And a great way to end today's show. So that's all we got, guys. So I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast episode, uh, show number 307. If you want to ask any questions or jump into the show notes, give us a comment. Go to biggerpockets.com slash show 307. And of course, follow Bigger Pockets everywhere you can find BP at Bigger Pockets on Instagram, at Bigger Pockets on Facebook, all that good stuff. Follow David at David Green24 on Instagram and me at Beardy Brandon on Instagram because we're like 13 year old girls when it comes to Instagram. And uh, <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know. Anything you want to close us out with, David? Nope. I thought this was a great episode. Brandon, thank you very much for putting the work you did into putting this together and sharing some of the stuff you've learned. I learned a lot just listening to you talk, so you should do oh. that more often. <laughs> well, thanks. Oh, I will say it one last time. Go to biggerpockets.com slash journal. Order the journal today. Try it out. See what you think. Uh, it's like 39 bucks, I think, and you get a bunch of cool stuff if you order by the end of the year, including the access to that mastermind group, which I think is going to be one of the most revolutionary things we've ever done at Bigger Pockets. I'm super excited for you guys, for y'all to try it out so all right with that thank you buddy so much yeah we'll see y'all later david david green for brandon the bearded wonder turner signing off you're listening to bigger pockets radio simplifying real estate for investors large and small if you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype you're in the right place be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from biggerpockets.com your home for real estate investing online the market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. 
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.